This is Mark Brzee. I play the part of Captain Rupert Trask on Star Trek The Lost Frontier. With the excitement of our show warping back on the airwaves after a brief hiatus for new and exciting adventures, the cast and crew is saddened to inform you that a friend and family member has left us too soon. Bill Hallweg, playing the part of Chief Engineer Arthur Pope, passed away on April 1st, 2017. His passion and dedication to audio drama was in every performance. The cast and crew of Star Trek Lost Frontier dedicate this episode to Bill, and may he be navigated by fair winds and following seas. Mr. Hallweg, you are dismissed. You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. Now our feature presentation. Captain's Log, Fall Date 011.317. Perhaps the greatest tragedy that I have ever encountered was what has become of the planet Kate. When the infection began, the Cations proved particularly susceptible, and the Federation lost contact with Kate. Now, with the Federation recruiting former members, we have been dispatched to bring the Cations back into the fold. I looked forward to seeing Kate again. This world was once very dear to me, but what we have found is not the world that I remember. Scanners show only scattered pockets of animal life, Captain. If I hadn't double-checked your coordinates myself, Mr. Kirk, I would never believe that this was Kate. Sensor shows sparse vegetation. And Captain, we may have to face facts. There may not be any Cassians left to recruit. We have to keep looking, Mr. Winfred. The infection can't have wiped them all out. On the contrary, it most certainly could have. I've managed to find the coordinates you gave me, Captain. We're receiving the first pictures now. On screen. Aye, sir. What am I looking at here, Ensign? That's the city you told me to find, sir. It looks deserted. According to the scanners, it is. I'm sorry, Captain. Kate appears to be a dead planet. The infection alone couldn't have caused all this. The buildings look like they've been torn apart. Captain, the Federation has too many other species we need to re-establish contact with. We have to move on. In a minute, Winfred. Ensign, those packets of animal life, is there a chance they could be survivors? It's very slim, sir. Most of them appear to be small. About two-thirds of them are aquatic, and many of the remainder are avian. I fear we're wasting valuable time. I hate to say it, sir, but Winfred may be right. Very well. 
Ensign Kirk, plot a course for... Captain, we're receiving a transmission from the surface. Where is it originating from? It's being bounced from several sources, sir. It's impossible to pinpoint. On screen. Greetings, and welcome, travelers. Please, identify yourself. I am Captain Trask of the USS Enterprise. A pleasure, Captain. I am High Priestess Vermeer of Kate. You say you are the captain of the Enterprise? You are Federation? Yes, we came hoping to discover what had happened to Kate. And to recruit our people as well. Well met, Captain Trask of the USS Enterprise. If you will beam down, I will be honored to tell you what happened. You are familiar with our world? From long ago. Then, we will await your arrival at Velaxmoor. Mr. Winfred, with me. Niles, you have the cop. Captain, we still do not know how many Cations are left or what state they're in. This may yet be a wasted mission. Saving lives is never a waste, Mr. Winfred. Even if it only saves one life. Besides, you know what the Cations always said about Velix Murr. No, Captain. I'm afraid I don't. I remember. While the Loxamoor stands, the suns will always shine. And where the suns shine, you will find the children of Kate. Space, the prism of infinity, the lost frontier. In the wake of cataclysm and sorrow rises the threat of political upheaval and interstellar war. As the Federation struggles to rebuild, one ship continues its mission across the stars. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its ongoing mission to bring peace to the lost frontier. But the infection failed to kill, the Kazinti came in to clear. As the Federation struggled with its own internal problems, a young Kazinti, Chuftala captain, led a military junta to overthrow his government. Once he held power, he personally oversaw bombardment of our world. He ruined cities killed millions. Our leaders surrendered, hoping to spare what few Cation lives were left. Then, when we thought our troubles were over, he returned with slave ships. 
Chuftala captain made his name as conqueror of Kate. He made his fortune as a breeder and seller of slaves. Didn't you try to defend yourselves? How could we, Lieutenant Winfred? Our finest were always recruited into Starfleet. And the infection took so many. Had our leaders not capitulated, Kate itself would be a dead stone floating in space. I can't believe so much of Kate is just... gone. At least we are alive to rebuild. As bad as it may look, the land will recover with care. We make slow progress, however. The Kazinti still send patrols through this sector every few months. Everything we build, they destroy. This monastery exists solely because it is carved from the living stone of the mountain. They cannot find us here. I would imagine not. Our own scanners would have missed you if you hadn't hailed us. This view is so... different. You have been to Velax Moor before, Captain Trask? Longer ago than I care to admit. I used to read about this world when I was a child. I promised myself that I would visit it when I finished at the Academy. And to set foot in Velux Myr and look out of these windows. Nothing ever compared to that first time until I took command of my own ship. Look, Winfred. You used to see Arvan Pasha at the foot of the mountain, the oldest village on Kate. Some say the oldest village for light years around, and as far as the eye could see, was green and blue. It was lovely, I'm sure. Velaxmer, the Hall of Always. When the Stone Shapers first created the monastery, it was believed that you could see the whole world from here. It has always been sacred to our people. And how many of your people are left, Your Holiness? In Velaxmoor we have only a few hundred. Perhaps a few hundred more are hiding in the wasteland. They are quick to distrust us. All who live inside these walls were once slaves, Lieutenant Winfred. We made our escape, and one way or another, we found our way back to our home. I'm sorry, I can't imagine what that must be like. No, Lieutenant Winfred, I'm afraid that until you have spent ten years chained by the neck to a bedpost, you cannot... Your Eminence, I promise you that whatever you and your people need, the Federation will be more than happy to help. I hope Your Holiness understands, but on this matter Captain Trask cannot speak for the Federation. Our own resources are limited as it is. Of course. Things are difficult for everyone. Lieutenant Winfred, the people of Kate need our help. No, Captain. What Mr. Winfred says makes perfect sense. You came to Kate looking for resources. 
To put it bluntly, yes. If our history is any indicator, specifically, you want Cation to man your communications arrays and plot your strategies. I hope your holiness will not be too offended, but we had hoped to find your world a little less... Mr. Winfred, I can tell you're not used to tiptoeing around your feelings. You are terrible at it. Say what you mean. When you have lived a life like mine, offense is impossible. Then I hope you understand we were looking for an ally, not a backwards theocracy without a farthing to its name. Yes, I see. I wish that we could offer you help. But you need, as your people say, quid pro quo. Enlightened self-interest is the timing gear in the machinery of the universe. I am certain we can do something for you. At the very least, we have medicine, perhaps a spare replicator. We have Mr. Winfred's quid pro quo. I beg your pardon? You have seen only a small part of Eluxmoor. We are small in number, but not so backwards. Here, where we walk, we contemplate truth, beauty, and meditate on the universe. Below where we are standing now is the academy, where the children learn the languages, science, mathematics, military history. We would be more than happy to rejoin the Federation, and I think you will find our cadets more than adequate crew members. Even so, a few hundred Cassians are unlikely to make that much of a difference. That? is where we require our own quid pro quo. The Federation has always been good at difficult situations. On Chuftala Captain's breeding plantation, there are at least a thousand Cations at any given time. Spread through the Kazinti families that have bought them, you will find at least a million. What can we do? We are a hardy race. Free the slaves of Chuftala Captain's breeding compound. Do what you can for others, and get Kizinti out of our space. We can take care of the rest. We'll do what we can. Of course, we'll need to see the Academy first. If we're going to be allies, then the Federation needs to know what you're offering. And we'll have to iron out the details of our agreement. We'll have plenty of time to discuss the details. I'll come with you to Kazin. Your Holiness... We can't possibly accept. The people of Kate will never accept you as an ally without my support, Captain. And the best support I can give you is to be seen boarding your ship, along with one of our Academy strategists, for a mission to liberate our people. Then I'm sure we can make room for you, after you've shown us the Academy. Of course. Right this way. Enter. Captain, Mr. Niles is showing from her to her quarters, and we're on our course to Kazin. Are you doing Mr. Knight's job now, Winfred? I imagine you have a plan for dealing with the Kazinti. Yes. Might one ask what the plan is? Demand the release of the Cation slaves, and bomb the Kazinti major cities from orbit until they comply. 
If I may, Captain, that hardly seems like your usual strategy. What the Kazinti have done is unconscionable, Mr. Winford. They've enslaved an entire race of sentient beings and wiped out a culture that took millennia to build. It's tantamount to genocide. It is not, however, actually genocide. Extinction is permanent, but slavery can be reversed. And we are going to reverse it. The Prime Directive is... is intended for the defense of pre-warp civilizations. The Kazinti and the Cations are far from pre-warp, and the Cations are our allies. The letter of the law is different from the spirit of the law, Captain. The Prime Directive specifies pre-warp civilizations, but the Federation has never pursued a policy of active interference. You can free the Cations, but you can't force the Kazinti to change their way of life. It is not your place to meddle in their culture. I can't meddle in their culture? The network of Orion slave girls stretches across the known universe in every major culture. Their prominence as status symbols places them at the top of all organizational charts. Corporate, government, esoteric, and religious. An alliance with such a powerful network enables us to extract influence wherever it is needed, whenever it is needed. That's your report on the Orion trade negotiations, Winfred. Those are your words. Tell me how that's any less meddling than what I'm about to do. Espionage done properly changes worlds over the course of years, decades, even centuries. But it changes them for good, because the target believes it was their own idea for change. The Cations don't have centuries to wait. You want to change the Kazinti culture at the point of a gun. Then what? Spend your entire life in orbit ready to open fire when the Kazinti inevitably rebel? What will you do once you are actually guilty of genocide? Do you honestly think we can't stop the Kazinti without destroying them? I do. Captain, I know that there are victims of injustice, and yes, they deserve to be heard. But you cannot violate what you know to be right for the benefit of just one culture. Then what do we do, Winfred? We have until we reach Kazin to decide. You wanted to see what the Cations had to offer, didn't you? Commander Niles... Have you settled our Cation guest from the Academy in his quarters yet? Cadet Couture, sir. Yes. I was just showing him the replicator. You have a wonderful ship, Captain. You are truly blessed. <laughs> Thank you, Cadet. Commander, finish showing the Cadet around, and then introduce him to Mr. Rook. Rook, sir? We're on our way to Kazin, Catherine. I want Rook and Cadet Couture working on options for what we're doing when we get there. Trask out. Well, Mr. Winfred, we're about to see just how good the Cation Academy is at turning out strategists. Yeah, but Rook... If he can convince a Klingon, that's the greatest vote of confidence of all. Enter and welcome. Your Holiness, it is an honor. The pleasure is mine, attainted one. My house is my house. As are its contents. You, uh, you were warned about me, weren't you? No. But when you are the last remnants of a species on a world that cannot be farmed, you deal with many Ferengi. 
Ah, the 61st rule of acquisition. A customer in need is a purse waiting to be emptied. I hope you do not hold it against me. I have always been fond of rule of acquisition 299 myself. After you've exploited someone, it never hurts to thank them. That way it's easier to exploit them next time. You are familiar with the Ferengi, aren't you? I am a high priestess for Mare. But I gather you already knew that, my Ferengi brother. I am Zog. How may I help you, Zog? I had heard that the Cassians were a helpful race. Your Holiness, I wonder if you're aware of the great hunger for knowledge that is felt in every corner of the known universe. Mr. Zog, I think I know where you're going with this. We Cassians are an oppressed people. Well, yes. And in all of the known universe, the unoppressed feel guilty that the oppressed exist. Mm, yes. And to assuage that guilt, they romanticize the wisdom of the oppressed peoples. Are you sure you're not at least part Ferengi? Hmm. What do you propose to do with my highly treasured wisdom, O Lobed One? Imagine your words, Your Holiness, sent around the galaxies at the speed of thought. Imagine... People everywhere clutching at your wisdom, cherishing the culture and philosophy of the Cassians. Imagine influencing people who have never, and may never, set foot on Kate. I believe you are offering me a publishing contract. Not just a publishing contract. The publishing contract. Your Holiness, I am shocked, dismayed, to learn that since the fall of Kate, there has not been one single Catian author published in all of the free galaxies. This is a tragic and shameful oversight and one that the Greater Zog Publishing, uh, license pending, would like to correct. May I see the contract? Of course, it's just your standard legal blah 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 blah. Oh, my. This will never do. No, never. Whatever the problem is, I'm sure it's negotiable. This royalty you intend to pay me, 10%? It's a standard deal. I won't accept a penny over zero. But, but 10%? I'm, um, I'm sorry, I must have wax in my ears. If I am to spread my wisdom across the universe, Mr. Zog, I can't possibly accept money in exchange for it. You'll have to change the number to zero. Oh... Well, please, feel free to make an alteration if you wish. Thank you, Mr. Zog. Now, about this section... Your Holiness, I feel I can trust you to do the right thing. Thank you. And I feel I can trust you to be a true Ferengi. Since we have such an understanding of each other, why don't I leave the contract with you? Make your changes and we'll discuss them later. Are you sure? I wouldn't have it any other way. I'll leave you to your studies. Until next time, Your Holiness, your house is your house. As are its contents.
The theory is sound. What theory? The theory of cowering like a whipped cur. It would be foolish not to take advantage of the situation. Take advantage of the situation? Where is your honor? You would have us sneak in like common thieves. It's not sneaking in. Gentlemen, we're drawing near to Kazin. Tell us what we're doing. Cadet Couture, Mr. Rook. Here, Captain. These charts show the major Kazinti cities as we knew them before the fall. If we concentrate our bombardment on launch bays, military bases, and weapons depots, we will cripple their reaction abilities. They will not be able to respond at full power, leaving us with only a fifth of their fleet to face down. Bombarding from space. How novel. A fifth of their fleet is how much, Mr. Rook? It can't be more than a thousand ships. We have no way of knowing, sir. It may be more, it may be far less. But I can guarantee you this. It will be far more than we can handle on our own. Then we will die with honor. I would prefer to live without embroiling the Federation in all-out war at this point in time. Is this our only option? No, sir. It is the only option worth exploring. I respectfully disagree, Honorable Rook. As do all of my species. But I'm certain your mother's brow was very prominently ridged. I... I... You speak Klingon, Cadet? Klingon, Ferengi, Vulcan, and fifteen varieties of earthbound human, including Mandarin, Old English. That's quite impressive, Cadet. You have another option? I have updated your charts with a few changes that have been made since the last time the Federation had contract with our systems. My honored compatriot Rook is correct about the strategic sites he has pointed out, but we can avoid turning this confrontation into a battle. He would have us creep in under cover of darkness. I would have us press our advantage and use our resources wisely. I draw your attention to the moon of Xin. This field around the moon is of particular interest. It interferes with scanners, navigation, communications. You name a system, it interferes with it. If we can navigate into this field, the Xinti sensors won't be able to pick us up. And we'll be flying blind ourselves. What good will this do us? Not blind, just without systems. We navigate by calculations. We can calculate our position relative to the planet below by following the time. Within 15 hours of our arrival, the moon will have moved to an optimal position for our purposes. We emerge from the field as close as possible to Chuftala Captain's breeding compound. We will be able to move in quickly, beam the inhabitants of the camp aboard, and retreat either to the field around the moon or out of the system before we can be stopped. We disable his staff, gut the infrastructure, and free both his reading and sail stock. It doesn't stop Chuftala, but it does slow him down. This plan lacks honor! You mean it lacks conflict, which is a point in its favor, if you ask me? This is very disappointing. Captain Trask? A good plan requires long-term thinking. We rescue the prisoners, we take off for Kate, and then what? Do you think the Kazinti won't realize where we came from and where we've gone? They can't find Velaxmur. But you don't know how powerful their fleet is. 
It could sweep the entire surface with weapons. In one move, every surviving Cation could be exterminated. Better to die in combat. Make our name a legend for those who would follow. There will be no honorable death on my watch. Agreed. Permission to speak freely, Captain. Tread carefully, Cadet. It will take time for Xin to mobilize its fleet. Time that we can use to plan further. We came here to free the enslaved Cations, and I'm telling you that we can do that without losing lives. We can get my fellow Cations home again, and from there we can deal with what happens next. You think you can handle it when the Kazin come after you? I know two things, Captain. First, I know that the more Cations we can gather together, the stronger we will be. And second, I know that you don't have much time to decide. Captain, decide for honor. Would the Honorable Rook, son of Korg, prefer to die in a battle among the stars, impersonally blown to bits by disruptor fire? Or would he prefer to face an enemy eye to eye, hand to hand? We will need somebody to see to it that the guards at the compound are disabled. Then there will be combat. Of the most personal and honorable sort. I think we should listen to the cadet. We will leave you two to prepare our strategy, gentlemen. With honor. I think he just convinced the Klingon. He convinced me. The Cations may be worth saving after all. Captain, we're nearing the Kazinti moon. Steady as she goes, Mr. Kirk. All systems failing as expected, Captain. We're entering the damping field now. I hope our Cation Cadet's calculations were correct. Start the countdown until we reach our target coordinates, Mr. Knight. Sir, all systems online. Mr. Knight? This field Kachur told us about, it's not a field at all. It's more like a shield. It's a barrier between the moon and... Captain, we're being healed from the surface of the moon. On screen. Identify yourself, vessel, or be destroyed. I was not aware that the Kazinti issued warnings. Identify yourself or be destroyed. You will not be warned again. I am Captain Tresk of the USS Enterprise. You lie. The Federation is no more. We have identified ourselves as requested. Now, who am I addressing? You address Pact Exile, Warrior the Kazin. If the Federation lives yet and is looking for an ally, they will find only death on the planet below. We do not need to ally ourselves with the Kazin. Then you come to do war. We do not seek war. Then scurry home with your tail between your legs, human. Sir! Your Holiness, you shouldn't be- I came to see if we had arrived, Captain. The Federation does live. And as always, they ally themselves with the weakest of races. How many Cation weaklings populate your ship, so-called Tresk, Captain? Pact exile. We are on a peaceful mission. And that is why you will fail. Pact exile? Were you not once Pact Captain? 
You will not address me, slave. I am a freed Cation, and high priestess, pact exile. And a fallen cousin has no right to demand respect, even of a slave. Captain, shall I notify security? That won't be necessary. Your Holiness, I have to ask you to leave the bridge. I will, Captain. But first, I feel Pact Exile might like to hear that our purpose involves the embarrassment of Chuftala Captain. Your Holiness, if you will please leave. You speak the name of Shuftala, Captain. Are you familiar with him? It is because of Shuftala, Captain, that I, that we are here on this blasted rock. He defeated me in combat, but gave me this shame of exile instead of the honor of death. Trask, Captain, we would hear of your plans. You will find no allies on the planet below, but you may have friends on this moon. Captain's Log Supplemental Following negotiations with Her Holiness and with the assistance of Mr. Winfred, we have reached an agreement with Pact Exile. We have offered the Kazinti Exiles asylum, and they are now ensconced in guest quarters aboard my ship. In return, we have received tactical information as well as a pair of Kazinti shuttles, stripped of their weapons, but with functioning transponders. Captain Trask, we have landed our shuttle safely. Good, Kadekater. Lieutenant Liam? Aye, sir. Second unit has landed as well. The Andorians are ready to go. We have one chance at this, gentlemen. Aye, Captain. First unit out. There will be silence, slaves. Silence, or I will hang your pelts to dry on the barracks walls. Who knocks? Forward and face Rook, son of Korg. Sound the alarm, intruders! Second guard neutralized. Mr. Rook. And this one is mine. You will die where you stand, invader. You dare to draw a disruptor in a fist fight. You disappoint me. I had heard the Kazinti were great warriors. Oh, kill me, please. Let me die with honor. You deserve none. I see I missed all of the fun. He is not worth the bruised knuckles. Please, kill me. Sorry, I'm more tactic than a fight for. Put him with the others, Rook. Come, kitten. And I shall put you with your litter mates. Perhaps, if fate smiles upon you, infection will kill you before your shame is discovered. 
You really think so? If you are lucky. Now, I believe the one I need to speak to is called the Capo, yes? I, I am the Capo. I am called Chaves. Chaves, I am Katur. We are here to rescue you. There is no place to run to. How can you rescue us? Simple. If you'll all gather around. This handy device comes from our old friends, the Federation. It's a signal beacon that scans nearby organic bodies, separates the animal from the vegetable, and then transmits an amplified... Uh, long story short, it allows us to beam up a whole hell of a lot of people at once, from a very long way away. We should emerge... Let me check my notes. In Cargo Bay 4 of the USS Enterprise. From there, we will be transported to Kate. We were told there was nothing left on Kate. You were told wrong. Velak Zamur still stands. Now, what's keeping Rook? He appears to be arguing with Kinzinti Guard. Ah, warrior cultures. He needs to hurry, or he'll miss his ride. Katur, please. I have a sister here as well. Then she is already taken care of. Your barracks were the last one to be liberated. Not because we care less about you lot. It was more of a proximity to the perimeter breach thing. Ah, Rook. Dorshuka! They were begging me to kill them. A Klingon would have fought to his last breath. These Kazinti have a flawed concept of honor. I agree, comrade Klingon. But it's time for us to leave. The sooner the better. Please, gather close, everyone. Now, powering up in three, two, one, zero. All personnel and Kadian refugees are aboard, sir. When our transporters attracted some attention, I showed three Kazinti fighters leaving Kazin orbit and converging on our location. Evasive maneuvers, Mr. Kirk. Get us out of here and back to Kate. Aye, sir. Captain's Log Supplemental. Kate is once again close at hand. The Cation refugees are being transferred to Velixmur as are the Kazinti government in exile, a new part of their plan that Mr. Winford appears to have negotiated on his own. Your Holiness, Pact Exile. Captain Trask. Trask, Captain. It is pleasant to make your acquaintance in person. Aye. Likewise, Pact Exile. Our Kazinti friend has concluded that humans are not as bad as they seem, Captain. Let us not be too progressive, Winford Mister. You are all, as far as I'm concerned, still a bunch of sniveling, spineless plant-eaters not fit to lick Kazinti boots for the nourishment the mud may provide. But you have allowed me the opportunity to get off that forsaken rock and to hurt Shuftala Captain's pride, which makes you good, sniveling, spineless plant-eaters. At least I thought we had made progress. I am an old Kizinti Winfred Mister. I would never admit this in front of my people, but I frankly have no strength to oppress anyone anymore. We understand, Pact Exile. 
Then you will also understand that I will have to gut you and make a coat from your skin if you ever tell anyone I said that. I suppose the two of you will be beaming down to Velexmur then? I'm afraid not, Captain. You have done so much in helping us bring this day about. This last piece, however, we hope you will leave to us. Yes, Trask Captain. Let this old warrior have one last battle. I don't think the two of you realize the gravity of this situation. We are perhaps only minutes away from facing a Kazinti fleet. One ship. I know, Shuftala Captain, and I tell you we will be facing one ship. And he will find it hard to avoid negotiating with us, Captain Trask. Captain, if you will accompany me to the ready room. Mr. Winfred, my place is here on the bridge. Sir, this matter is one for the Cation and Kazinti cultures to work out between themselves. Now, I ask you nicely to please adjourn to the ready room with me. Commander Niles, you have the bridge. See to it that Her Holiness and Pact Exile get to have their conversation with Chiftala Captain. Thank you, sir. Mr. Knight. Aye, Mr. Winfred. Mr. Winfred, I am captain of this ship. Something you would do well to remember. Indeed, Captain, and I am the ranking diplomatic representative on this ship. What we are dealing with is now a diplomatic matter. And why can't I be present on my own bridge while this diplomatic matter is being conducted? Because, Captain, while your sense of right and wrong is a wonderful character trait, it's not conducive to diplomacy. Sometimes you have to deal with practical and impractical instead. Chiftala Captain has hailed us. Would you like to see this conversation? I think it's my right. This is Chaftala Captain, ruler of Kazin, slaver of Kate, the shadow that blocks the suns. You will surrender or you will face my wrath. This is Pact Exile, and we will not surrender, nor will you fire. Pact? I thought you had died on that lifeless moon. I am old, Shuftala Captain. That does not make me weak. You stand with plant eaters. That makes you weak. I am High Priestess Vermeer of Kate. No mere plant eater. I will destroy your ship, bombard this planet, and return to Kazin victorious. You will ignore this ship, leave this system, return to Kazin, and never be seen near Kate again. Or you will be no captain. Explain yourself, Exile. The great Shuftala Captain, he of the overblown ego, cannot even manage one camp of slaves. In a single night, he lost his entire breeding stock, spirited away by a single ship without a single shot fired. Not only that, but he failed to keep his shamed, exiled enemies relegated to their prison on the moon. And who will tell this story when your atoms are scattered across the galaxy? My people, Chuftala Captain. The slaves you could not control, and the slaves you will never find. They are waiting on the surface of the planet below in a location you have never been able to trace. Nor will you ever trace it. They are readying to broadcast the story of the brave captain of the Kazinti who could not manage his affairs. 
That signal will never reach Kazin. It will reach Ferengi traders. It will reach other vessels that pass by. It will reach old friends of the Kate and old enemies of the Kazinti. And from them it will pass to the Kazinti. And a brave and powerful Shuftala captain will find himself facing constant challenges from his fellows, who will know he has grown soft and complacent. And what would you have me do? Rule, Kazin. Let us rule, Kate. And tell Kazin that I am governor of this world now. You would have me bestow a title on you? I can either be the long-defeated enemy who somehow slipped your grasp, or I can be your governor for your new colony. Colony? A colony of the Kate, under a Kazinti governor. Tell the people that you have decided to let your worthless, defeated opponent rule over a worthless, defeated rock as a suitable punishment. Or we will tell them of how slaves and exiles tricked the mighty Chuftala captain and robbed him of his livelihood overnight. But my slaves are yours no longer. For those still on Kazin, may you keep for now. But let it be known that from now on, no Kazin will raise a hand to kill a Kate. Unacceptable. What would you have us do to keep our slaves in check? You will exile them. To Kate? Which, as far as your people will ever know, is a dead planet. Ruled over by a weak, plant-eating exile. Do this, and retain your honor in the eyes of your people. Fail in this, and you will never know peace on Kazin again. Pact exile. I hope you will enjoy your new post on Kate. If you please, Shuftala Captain. That's Pact Governor. And the Kacian slaves? From now on, no Kazinti will waste their energy executing one so inferior as a Kacian. Instead, Kazin will exile them to the dying rock of Kate, where they will be ruled by Pact Exa. Governor. You are a wise and powerful captain, Shuftala. And I will remain so. Farewell, Pact Governor. I hope we will never have need to speak to each other again. If we do, Shuftala Captain, it will be the end of your rule of Kazin. We sold them. We did what we could do. It was all Priestess from her asked of us. We could have done more. We could have rallied reinforcements, brought the weight of the Federation down on them. The weight of a Federation that is still rebuilding itself. In our own way, Captain, we're little better off than the Cassians. At least we got them their freedom. They're still under a Kazinti government. You can hardly call that free. Pact Governor is on his way to beam down to the surface, Captain Trask. I... I worried that you might be less than pleased with what has happened. I am, Your Holiness. I'm sorry we couldn't free your people. We are freer than you think, Captain. Pact Governor is concerned with little beyond image at his age. He's agreed to let the Cations self-govern. All he wants is the title and for the Kazinti homeworld to think of him as something more than an exile. But the Kazinti still believe that they own Kate. And one day, we will have to fight that battle with them. But we will fight it on our terms, and without the infection decimating our people. Our people are strategists. 
We will have years to rebuild and regroup, and the Kazinti will not find us an easy opponent the second time around. In the meantime, the Kazinti will turn a blind eye to what goes on on Kate, which means that the Kacians will be free once more to leave Kate and attend Starfleet Academy to join the Federation. Then I guess you have everything you wanted. No. Only everything we could take for now. What we want, we will get later, when we are ready to take it. But you are not satisfied, are you? I can't be. Ah, Captain. That is why we will win. I do not understand the purpose of this gathering. It's a successful mission, Rook. I thought we deserved to drink a toast or two. I do not understand the purpose of this gathering, coming from you. I suppose I'm endeavouring to become a little more... human. Human? Yes. I fail to see why anybody would want to be human. I also fail to see why we're the only two here. Unfortunately, your new best friend, Couture, had to return to the Cation Academy. But I've invited the captain as well, and Commander Niles. I thought a small gathering might be best. It appears you're the only one who has arrived early. Ah, enter. I hope I'm not too late for the party. Late, no. Invited, also no. I heard a rumor that you were having a gathering, and I just thought that I might uh, buy my way in. I have my own reasons to celebrate this mission. Buy your way in? What would you say to four vintage bottles of Aldebaran whiskey. I would say, where have you been all my life, you darlings? It is... green. Yes, well, I suppose you'd prefer this bottle of Warnock? I grow dangerously close to liking you, Ferengi. Zog, this is worth a fortune. Where did you get all of this? Oh, what's an acquisition like this when I've made what may be the largest post-fall acquisition ever? Less talking, more filling of cups. Enter. Mr. Winfred. Ah, Commander Niles. And I see you dragged Captain Trask along. Would you care for a glass of Aldebaran whiskey? <laughs> I've only heard stories about this stuff. Trust me, the stories don't come close to doing it justice. It's certainly greener than I imagined. Raising uncomfortable memories, Commander Niles? Oh, no. The Orion Guard, so many green nipples. Let's have our first toast. Captain, what should we toast to? To justice. Deferred, but not denied. An appropriate toast, Captain. I'm still not very happy with the way things turned out, Mr. Winfred. Or with you, for that matter. But I'm willing to admit things are better now than before we started this mission. Sometimes that's all we can hope for. And you two certainly know how to bring a party down. But as for me, my spirits cannot be dampened because I have the acquisition of a lifetime... When did you have time to acquire anything, Zog? I'll have you know that Her Holiness and I had plenty of time to converse, and that she's a woman who appreciates a hard bargain. The High Priestess of Kate did a bargain with a Ferengi. This I've got to hear. Read it and weep, humans. In my hands, I hold the exclusive publishing agreement that grants Greater Zog Publishing, a license pending, 
the rights to all of High Priestess Femera's writings. I don't believe it. Go ahead and read it. It's ironclad. She couldn't wait to make the deal. And the best part is that she absolutely refused to accept a royalty or any upfront payment. Sog, did you read this before you signed it? Of course I did. I wasn't incorporated yesterday, you know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not used to seeing a Ferengi give something away for free. What? Let me see that. In accordance with Cation tradition, nobody is allowed to profit monetarily from the transfer of knowledge. Therefore, Greater Zog Publishing, its affiliates, and employees guarantee that tangible reproductions of the complete works of High Priestess Femur will be offered free of charge to any and all interested readers. Zog, you're just giving it all away? Well, not that I'm complaining, but are you certain you feel alright? I feel fine. I'm already counting my money. You forget the 59th rule of acquisition. Never go in against an Andorian when death is on the line. Free advice is seldom cheap. The individual copies of the priestess's works have to be distributed free. But Greater Zog Publishing owns all intellectual and merchandising rights as well. I've got Iridian Universal and Mott Enterprises Limited in a bidding war for the rights to sell derivative self-help texts, while the Library of Denobula is offering a fortune to be the exclusive retail source of a text they'll have to give away for free. You're turning a profit on a completely free text. Captain, I'm turning a profit without spending a slip of latinum. It's the best kind of profit. Pure profit. Ah, now if you'll excuse me, that will be the Greater Tellerite Debating Society wanting to discuss my royalty for their next season on Cajun Philosophy. Gentlemen, lady, enjoy the drinks. I can't figure out if we've just seen the best or worst being in the known universe. Neither, Captain. That was one of nature's diplomats. You have been listening to Star Trek The Lost Frontier. Episode 19. Cat's Claw. Written by C. Glenn Williams. Star Trek The Lost Frontier is based on Star Trek created by Gene Roddenberry. Featured in the cast were Mark Brzee as Captain Trask, Laura Post as Commander Niles, David Alt as Lieutenant Winfred, Ellie Hirschman as Zog, Scott Martinek as Rook, Ben Harmer as Liam Kincaid, Derek M. Cook as Ensign Knight, Sam Gillis as Ensign Sid Kirk, M. Ciro Garcia as Femur, Ben Wisman as Couture, Lawrence Thunnel as Pact, Mike Pollock as Kazinti Guard, Larry Fellon as Chavez, and Chris Williams as Shaftala Captain. Lost Frontier was developed by Eric Busby. This episode was produced and edited by Matthew Blondin. The executive producer for Darker Projects is M.J. Cogburn. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com. Thanks for listening.
This is MJ Cogburn. I'm the executive producer of Darker Projects with an important message for our fans. As of May 17th, 2017, Darker Projects became a member of Fate Crafters Studio Network. Fate Crafters Studio Network is a group of independent production teams that feature some of the best storytelling podcasts on the air. We have all come together to collaborate and share ideas on all matters of audio drama. Our goal is to bring you, our fans, the best audio drama possible. Some of the shows that are part of Fate Crafter Studio Network are, of course, Darker Projects, Rex Riveter Private Eye, Drift and Ramble, Lake Clarity, Subject Found, Spines, White Noise, Diary of a Madman, Sable, Tunnels, Atheist Apocalypse, Theater of Tomorrow, and Blastville Community Radio. If you have a chance to listen to any of these shows, please do so and let them know how they did. Again, thank you for listening to Darker Projects. Now, onward into the dark.